0: what's up thanks for joining me on real talk nft as you know i'm your host brian and we have a really special guest here today for you david Johansson, the ceo of both uh metaking studios and the creator of the mmo game blocklords blocklords is the world's first medieval mmo game with a player owned economy really happy to have him on today talking all about it i got to take a look at a little bit of a preview of the trailer really of an impressive game great graphics David thanks for joining me today
1: thanks Brian for having us Uh, excited excited to be here talk about you know the state of the industry and uh, and uh, our our game buckworks
0: yeah absolutely um we've we've obviously in nfts and web3 you know that's all we talked about on the show gaming has been really popular I know you have an extensive experience maybe just give us a little bit about a background about yourself and uh your gaming background
1: yeah, so about me, I'm, I'm uh, based in Sweden. I'm sitting here in Stockholm, uh, but I'm really, you know, a, a nomad, I'd say. Uh, I grew up in France and Sweden, uh, went to the U.S. where I studied film. So my initial, you know, love for the arts was, was filmmaking and uh, worked in Hollywood a few years after college, ended up in China kind of randomly. But mainly because I didn't have a U.S. visa anymore. But but I did think it was the right time to, to leave L.A. because LA, L.A. is great. I love it, but also that, that city consumes you a bit. So it was good to get out there and uh, left for China, which was an amazing uh, experience and really uh, changed my life in many ways. Uh, but I spent eight years in China, and while I started in film industry there, I, I quickly moved over to gaming because I saw that it was. Uh, I mean, essentially, I was working 18-hour eight, days uh, on on film sets, and it was really like cool, cool kung fu movies. And I was working on pretty big budget commercials, but still, you know, 18 hours on set, no pay. You're you're you're, you're not uh, you're you're not living the life. You're just kind of scrambling all the time. And uh, ended up in gaming, and uh, at a company called Yozu. Uh, which was really amazing. It was a really cool experience. This is right as Facebook games uh, were t- were really taking off, and uh, these uh, you know Chinese Korean companies that had a lot of experience with free to play gaming, they were able to really come in there, come in with really ac- aggressive user acquisition strategies and profitable free to play models, and they were really like just cleaning up on Facebook games. And so as I learned that, I got really interested and got deeper into it. Got promoted to creative director, you know, essentially within six months, which is kind of something unique to China. But there's a lot of demanding demand for creative, uh, creative uh, knowledge over there. So I was able to work my way up very quickly, and yeah, worked on a number of uh, free-to-play games on on PC, no, mostly on browser and mobile platforms, and that's kind of what led me into the Web three. But I will save the Web three journey uh, for later. But uh, yeah, that's essentially the background.
0: Are you a gamer yourself, or you just love developing in the creative side of gaming?
1: I'm definitely a gamer. Uh, I, I mean, I, I played games since I was six years old. Basically, I think it was the NES was the first. I was a, I didn't get on the Atari, so, sadly, but uh, yeah, really, the, the NES was my was my debut into gaming. You know, the Mario games, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, got into the Super Nintendo, the Sega, the N64. So I've been playing throughout the, the type of games really varied quite a lot. Could be platformers, could be uh, sports games. I played Amer- uh, American football, you know, as we call it here in Sweden. I played American football when I was a teenager. So obviously loved Madden and played a lot of Madden. Uh, but really the games that I spent the most time on f- from the age of like 15, 16 onwards were strategy games. So Total yeah. War was a huge game of mine uh, that I played a lot Uh the, uh, obviously the command and conquer series that was a bit earlier, but I played a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, Tiberian sun and command and conquer and red alert. And, uh, yeah, I'd say once the paradox games started taking off in the early two thousands, actually paradox, their office is right behind me here. Um uh, oh, cool. I played those quite a lot. That was, that was really, uh, th- that was, uh, when, oh, wow. You can actually take the minutia of running, you know, an empire in the 18th century turned that into a game and then so yeah so as a gamer i've played really everything and i still play the popular title you know i played starfield most recently and i played god of war a lot but the strategy games are the ones that'll keep me for hundreds or thousands of hours
0: i, I could relate their strategy games Whenever I was a kid, especially, really like captivated me. It was just so fun. Like you know, you just want to get home from school and like conv- continue developing your land or your army, and yeah. I, that's all I could yeah. like think about. And I, I get that vibe whenever I look at Block Lords. I definitely want to dive into it because it's a super impressive looking game. But we'd love to know just kind of your macro view on gaming overall with Web three and NFTs. I know it's been. It, and I talk a lot about this on the podcast with a lot of different people. It seems like that's always like this was such a natural fit for me. Like, incorporate Web3, give a player economy. Web3, uh, NFTs make so much sense in gaming. And it seemed to be yeah. not rejected by the gaming community, but they were just a little bit more guarded. Could you kind of give me a little bit yeah. of your insight and why that is?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny because I, I, before I got into Web3, and I'd say I'm pretty much a Web3 veteran at this point because I've been doing it for five years. But, but before I did Web3, I did free to play. and. What's funny is free-to-play gets just as more, just as much, if not more, hate than than Web3 does, right? Like, think of all the hate <laughs> you see uh, for a game that adds loot boxes into their game or oh, yeah. uh, for for doing something that might be pay-to-win or for uh, basically anytime developers try to make money, th- there's going to be some backlash for it. And uh, Web3, and also, I mean, we do have to acknowledge there's been a lot of bad actors in the space. There's been a lot of yeah. people doing sales, taking money, not not really delivering anything at all. We're not even trying to deliver anything. And so when that happens, there, there's going to be caution. Uh, I'd say going back to, to what you started the question on, uh, I feel, because uh, essentially uh, I I didn't start off as a Web3 enthusiast. I just, I just didn't know about it. And then uh, in 2017, I was just leaving a job. I was kind of th- figuring out what to do next. And uh, a friend of mine said, hey, look into ICOs like, uh well, what are I, he's like, you could try that for your startup. I was like, what, what, what's an ICO? And so I looked into it and well, at first I was like, okay, what's an ICO? Well, I don't understand any of this. So what do I have to do? Well, okay. So I went back, what is actually a blockchain? You know, what, how does Bitcoin yeah. work? And I spent a good like three days. I took some LinkedIn course. I did a bunch of YouTube videos. I read a bunch of blogs. And then after about three or four days of research, it like sunk in, right? Like something just flipped in my brain and I was like wow this is actually you know digital ownership this is proof of ownership this is this is like no matter what no matter what it's worth uh, it will uh, it's yours right it, you own it yeah. no matter what and then because of that there's always going to be liquidity so that it doesn't matter if the price is $1 or $1000 as long as i can prove it's mine and that i can get that $1 actually that is extremely valuable and that's something that wasn't really done in other digital assets uh, from what i could see back then right and so, as soon as it really sunk in, like okay, this is how blockchain works. This is what makes you know Bitcoin worth a Bitcoin. Uh, from then on, it was like not could gaming work with crypto. It was like gaming will work with crypto. You know, and let's 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 be at the center of this. That's really been my philosophy since I got into the space in 2017. And and yeah, so I think I think now you know when we started, there was really no one doing this, and now five years later, there's hundreds, thousands of teams doing web3 games. And I do think we're at this shift right now where, first off, the first batch of like meaningfully funded games, like, obviously, obviously, we're one of them, but we're not the only ones there. There's, I'd say, probably, you know, less than 100, but probably over 50 games that have received, you know, $5 million plus in funding uh, in the last three years, and are now starting to actually deliver projects. And at the same time, also now you're starting, you know, I travel a lot, I go to a lot of conferences, you're starting to see a lot of different Web 2 giants, and all of them have some form of Web 3, either exposure by investments or exploration by a small team, or at least they have one person that's like analyzing the markets and telling them what to buy, you know. So I feel we're, we're entering this really interesting phase that Free to Play kind of entered in 2012, 2013, where... Now there are some good projects almost ready, and we just have to see which ones are gonna take off and, and which ones aren't.
0: Yeah, you you nailed it. Kind of my my moment as well is whenever I remember like going through the blockchain and then uh, I was I was into cryptocurrency pretty early on, really early on in my time. I went through the 2017, 2018 ICO boom and bust. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, It kind of grew with the industry. And then when I discovered NFTs really early on and really started going down the rabbit hole years ago. But I remember like having a hard time. I feel like I'm pretty like in tune to catching on to like new tech. It's Mm -hmm. something I'm always interested in. But I remember like having a little bit of a hard time to grasp the full concept. And like one day I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I totally get it. I was like, Mm -hmm. and then when I tried to explain it to people, or this was early on, especially whenever. It was so hard, and then I kind of was just yeah. like, it's the first time ever we can own something digital. And they're like, I don't get mm. it. I was like, well, yeah. you, you, can own, you can have ownership of something digital. Everything else is almost like open source. You can right click and save it. Now you can exchange it. That seemed to help people out. But then when you talk about mm. gaming, for instance, and if you run into a game and you're like, do you buy skins? Do you put money into Roblox? Whatever it is, you know, that money's going to the developer and, you know, but you're flexing these skins and everything along those lines. Wouldn't it be cool? Like if you had sole ownership and a decentralized marketplace and all that good stuff or being able to play to earn. And and then you, every time I bring it up and get into it, their eyes get huge. like, I'm interested. How do I get involved? I'm like, well, you know, we're, we're still working the kinks out a little bit because I do see Web3 and gaming you know, it almost feels like 2024 is going to be a really, really big year for it. Um, jumping in, because we're about 10 minutes in already, and I love your game. and I'd love to hear about Block Lords. If you could give us, like, just the audience, you know, break down what it is, what's special about it, the full pitch would be great.
1: Yeah. So essentially, Block Lords is, uh, as you described it, an MMO medieval strategy game, right? Uh, and, and the idea here is we wanted to build a game where different types of player behaviors are incentivized different ways. But most importantly, where those different types of behaviors have to contribute to the game's economy uh, and to the fun of all players in, in different ways as well, right? Uh, so the idea is really, a, it's a free to play game. You start off as a farmer, right? So, you know, the peasant, the peasant lifestyle. And as a farmer, you don't have to buy an expensive NFT to get started and, and to start farming. You actually, you get an NFT for free. So everybody who downloads a game and creates an account and starts playing will get a free hero NFT. be male they can be female they'll have their own name they'll have their randomized stat sets uh they'll have their randomized traits uh as you start farming basically you will pick out a region on the world map where you start to farm so every region will be controlled by a lord or a lady some of them are on uncontrolled yet but essentially eventually everyone will have a ruler uh in their land but you're not the ruler when you start playing you're just a lowly farmer uh, no, setting peasant. up your farm. <laughs> exactly. You're a little, but that's okay. You know, every, everybody's yeah. got to work your way up. You got to work your yeah. way up. We're not all uh, born
0: into the royal bloodline.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so once you get started, uh, you you unlock your farm. And the best way to describe the farming is, a hybrid of age of empires resource farming with uh, a stardew valley right so it's very peaceful experience you you just set up your buildings you level up your buildings uh you uh you grind for resources right so there's over 13 i believe it's 13 types of resources we have so you can collect wood in the forest you can process the wood into planks you can collect rocks and of course there's a lot of food resources you can plant uh, wheat and harvest the wheat and then turn the wheat into grain and then the grain you can turn into bread so there's a lot of these like loops where you start off with a base resource and you refine it into a different resource and so essentially that's that's very much the early gameplay and that's a lot of what's live right now is you you build buildings you recruit squads you uh harvest resources you collect those resources and you use those resources to expand more, or you can go to the region marketplace and you can sell those resources for gold, right? And you can also use gold to buy any resources that you might be needing. So that's a lot of the initial gameplay. Uh, now, mm-hmm. what we've also added to spice to spice it up a bit is we've added uh, PVE attacks, right? So sometimes a bear will show up and try to steal some of your resources, or some wolves will show up and try to try to hurt your squads, right? So that's adding a little bit of fighting to it. So if the essential, if the initial gameplay is all about farming, and that's like the level one gameplay, that's live currently on the Epic Game Store. There's another level to that huh. is that you as a farmer, as I mentioned, you have a ruler, and because you have a ruler, you actually have to pay taxes to them, right? So different of regions course. will have different tax rates, <laughs> of course, right? No nobody can escape taxes. And essentially even as you are- Even in uh, Web3 gaming. Oh. Yeah, especially in especially Web3 <laughs> yeah. gaming, you can't escape taxes. So yeah, so everything you do is basically uh, taxed by your lord. But again, your lord could set a low tax rate or they could set a high tax rate. And there's different benefits and, and uh, disadvantages between doing both. But but that's essentially how we're building this collaboration between different types of players. Whereas you have the rulers and the rulers earn taxes from the uh, to the city coffers but also now there starts being a little competition right because as a ruler you need to get as many farmers to farm in your land as possible right and the way you do that is by being an active lord or lady and what you can do is you can build city buildings different city buildings will have different advantages for example building a library will unlock special adventures that are available for people in your region at a discount or to people from other regions but then that's more funds to the city coffers uh, so, I'm, ramb- I'm rambling on a bit here, but that, that's kind of to explain that the farmers create the raw resources. Those resources are taxed by the rulers, right, the lords and ladies. But the lords and ladies have a responsibility to expand and build upon the infrastructure of the region, right? And the more they develop their region, the more attractive it's going to be for the farmers in that region. So, all of this is live on the Epic Games store. But then the next phase the next chapters that are going to start coming in now in 2024 is when it gets really exciting because what we're going to introduce is the ability for people to create their own raider armies uh, and oh. go attack other farms right so you can go to another region and go attack a farm you know kind of viking style or mongol style and uh just steal resources and uh, that's going to hurt the tax revenue right if your region gets targeted a lot And obviously the better your region is, the more targeted it's going to get. So that's also going to be kind of a complex mechanism. Now the rulers have a problem where they have to essentially incentivize other warrior heroes to protect the land, their region, right? And so that's where we get some of these guild mechanics going, where people are going to target certain regions for raiding. Uh, Other groups are going to protect their regions for raiding. And then at the top of it, we're essentially going to have kingdom wars or wars for conquest where users Uh, essentially take over the entire map and have these very big wars between different types of players. I don't know if you follow EVE online, but there was this famous article where about $100,000 worth of spaceships was destroyed, right? And that's how we see it as well. So on the hero NFT side, I mentioned you get a free hero NFT when you get started, but players also have many different ways to win uh, hero NFTs, or you can, of course, buy them from other users on the market. Or sometimes, you know, we have special events as mints as well. Those heroes, when added to squads, they will give you great production boosts. And later on during battles, they will also give you great boosts. But here's where we introduced something uh, kind of interesting, which was the hero permadeath. So all heroes will have a limited lifesta- life- lifespan. So that means because okay. your hero is going to die, because your hero is going to die, you need to get married, you need to have kids. And also you need to be a bit careful when you go you know, raiding and looting because there is a chance you might lose your hero. And you better have kids to take over your, your dynasty by then.
0: Very cool. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of game theory behind it. You know, picking and choosing how to raid if you have a lineage to take over your farm. Yeah. So if you're a lord or a lady, you, it, well, I guess I should start here. Do you evolve out of a farmer? How's that work?
1: Yeah, so f- for now, uh, becoming a ruler is very difficult. You do need a unique hero. And for now, there's only 50 unique heroes on the market. So I'd say f- okay. at this point in the game, it's impossible to actually work your way up to a ruler. You just need to get your hands on a unique. That said, we do have giveaways and raffles quite often with our community. Uh, but the best way, really, if you want to get in uh, as a as a ruler right away is to get a unique hero. Uh, that said, over time, there will be ways. Uh, the, first, the first step will be from farmer to warrior. So that's when we add the raiding mechanics and more of the warrior style gameplay. The idea will be you start your farm, you expand your region, you know, your little farm, you expand it to yep. several sectors, you recruit battle squads, and then you'll be able to send those battle squads to raid others or to take part in wars. Uh, that's that's essentially the first step. Then what we're gonna add sometime next year will be a challenge system where a ruler can be challenged. Uh, and that's when you, you'll get like civil wars within regions and, and it'll be very, very difficult and you'll definitely need a group of players together but that's when essentially you'll be able to become a ruler without a unique hero. That's it. Your hero does need to be of noble blood. So we're going to have all these, you know, these, these descendancies coming from unique heroes uh, so that people can actually get their hands on them and progress. So I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but, you know, it's like in medieval times, it wasn't really that easy to be, go from to to emperor, but some people did it, you know, so it will be possible.
0: Yeah, so I I think I picked up on it there. So there is a way. So if you're not the best leader, lord or lady in the in the game, you could actually be overthrown through some sort of civil war. And it sounds like that's will be a difficult to do because you have to get different sections and territories to team up but that's fun that's like a a really interesting way so so when as a lord you're receiving tax benefits from the farmers and the crops and everything that they're growing and then you you occur a value and then you can deploy those funds to grow your territory and there will be obviously really high-end lords and uh, ladies that really put a lot of money and time and effort into their territory and then some that could just be almost like money hungry or tax hungry and not deploying a ton and which way that works. So how's the entire, how's the player economy work? Is there a token with the game? Uh, How's, how's that whole setup work with the gameplay?
1: So as of now, there's no token, but we we have announced that we will be doing a token and we're giving a bit more details actually on that in the coming months. So it's a good timing to to be talking about that. And yeah, essentially the way, the way it will work is uh, the user's, uh, essentially the idea is to get a lot of users into the game obviously and to get these users spending a lot of time but then depending on the type of user you are you will you, you will work with the tokens different ways right so the the farmers the farmers are likely not going to invest in the token or buy the token initially uh, they're going to be looking to to earn some tokens that said we we don't want it to be a complete value extraction mechanism so the because yeah. that's what that's the problem we've seen in play to earn games where you know, the guilds come in or some some bots guys come in and they extract all of the value. So the way we'd rather like to see it is the farmers, they provide the raw resources of the region. They provide a lot of the gameplay time. They provide a lot of the player economy, the player part of the economy. And for that, they will be incentivized partially by the project in that some of the par- top farmers will win some leaderboards, but most importantly, by other rulers who need them to feed their armies or rulers who need them to provide them good wives you know as nfts you could say there's a lot of different ways essentially where the farmers will benefit from being in a ruler that's very active and so the if the farmer players are farming a lot of resources they can either use them to expand their farm they can use sell them for other in-game assets to other players or they can convert them into ale and ale is essentially a secondary token you could say but it's, it's actually going to be inside of the game so i'm giving you some alpha because i don't think we've made love public. it public but uh but essentially the ale will be used to breed and marry and train nft heroes right and ah. essentially there will be some trading of ale and some other resources in the game so that means that that the different types, right? If you're a farmer going to be the best farmer, you're gonna expand your farm and become the best farmer you can be, right? If you're a farmer who likes breeding NFTs, you're gonna use a you know, farm to get ale and use your ale to get as many NFT heroes as possible and then sell those on the market maybe. Or you could be a person who creates a lot of resources, sells them for gold and uses them for whatever gold is worth in the game. So there's, there's all these different little tracks and that's just for the farmers, right? And then for the warriors is going to be a little bit different because they have more chances to actually earn the lord's token, uh, because there will be quite a lot of raider bounties, uh, or or again protector bounties, which are set from the lords, right? The lord players, uh, and I'm talking about the main token, the lord's token here. Uh, but that one is more high risk, high reward. So imagine you're grinding for like a month to get like a really powerful army, and now you take part in a battle that's possibly going to give you some token rewards. Okay, great. But now if you lose your whole army, well, you're back to grinding for a month. Or what you can do is use the token to make things go a bit faster. And you're also contributing to the game's economy. Or maybe you're paying off some farmers to get you the resources you need faster. But at least you're contributing to the economy so that you can field another army and then go back to battle. And maybe you win, maybe you lose, right? And then at the top level, it's the same. So we're doing kind of that at every level where yes you can extract value if you're lucky if you're good if you're persistent you will be able to extract value but you do have to contribute something whether it's your time sure. your skill your community whatever it is you have to contribute that's how the player yeah. economy is dri- driven essentially
0: yeah you, you you want people to be involved love the game the stickiness to it you know so that that makes a ton of sense you want to incentivize the people that are playing and essentially giving back to the game and the community and they get yeah. something in return. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I just jotted something down here. How do you, so if I want to go on a raid or like I'm a farmer and I want to start a civil war or anything along those lines, how do you communicate with the other territories without your lord or lady finding out? Is there like a private chat? How How's that work?
1: Yeah. So to be clear, those features aren't live yet. So they're, they're very much good cool. features. So for now, the farming yeah. and ruling is live. Uh, so for now, a lot of our uh, communication between farmers and lords is happening on Discord. So our Discord is very active. There's a lot of users there. They've spun up their own Discord groups. And there's a lot of, like, poaching going sure. on. We're like, you know, join my region versus my region, which is great. We really want to encourage that. And we're definitely going to be encouraging that uh, post-token launch as well. Uh, once, By the time the battle system goes live in the game, we will have something called the taverns inside of the game. Taverns will be a city building. So same thing here. It will be unlocked by the lords. The, or the ladies and it'll be upgraded and the more you upgrade it, the, the more features you have and the taverns will be really important because one thing will be there'll be a region chat and a world chat right so you can chat with other people in your region or in other regions and you can plan your raids there right and the second part is uh the second part is there will also be hero rentals so as I mentioned is heroes are nfts right you can buy nfts you can you can trade nfts uh, on chain right now on our website but not inside the game uh but that said you know we're getting a lot of web 2 users who aren't web 3 native they might not want to set up a wallet they don't know how this works and that's totally fine but the tavern will be the place where you can actually rent heroes from other players who do have uh who do have uh, nfts or who have knowledge of nfts and you'll be able to get heroes from them so the tavern is really the place where all of that will take place what's the uh what blockchain did you choose what's the backbone of the game so we've we've always had a cross chain philosophy, you know. Really, since I yeah. started in 2017, that that's been my philosophy. So the early versions of Blocklords, you know, we were on Neo, we were on Tron, uh, but then we we took a break. We worked on Seascape, which was really all about cross chain gaming integrations. And now for for the new version of Blocklords, we are on Polygon and we're on Immutable X right now. Uh, that said, you know, we're really dedicated to being a cross chain game. So the idea is you go to the game to play and have fun. But if you want to mint your NFT, it's really up to you where you want to do it. Uh, And we're we're going to try to make it as wildly uh, accessible as possible.
0: Yeah, I I love that idea. And we're seeing more and more games, more and more NFT projects, everything from like PFPs to gaming to, you know, everything going cross-chain. It it makes a lot of sense. I've said it a lot of time, you know, I have a lot of Ethereum NFTs just because that was like the first NFTs I was buying. And then I kind of was like, Ethereum is the best NFT blockchain, but now I've (laughs) Absolutely see a use case for all the layer two solutions, yeah. especially you know, if you were into NFTs a couple of years ago, everyone was like, you know, you're firing off hundreds of dollars at gas fees, and you're like, yeah. is this really how the money yeah. of the internet should work? But I was still doing it and I loved yeah. it and don't regret any of it. Yeah. But
1: um, there's definitely uh, you know,
0: we're evolving.
1: <laughs> yeah, DeFi was my poison of choice, but I spent a lot of money on, on DeFi gas fees. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy when you think
0: about it. Yeah, when tax season rolls rolls around, and I start like peeling through like tax uh, gas fees, mm. and I'm like looking through it, I'm like, okay, this this was a lot. When you Money. when you bust the yeah. calculator out, this this gets high. Um, yeah. tell me a little bit about. Uh, so I know it looks like you're in the beta version right now, or the beginning version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is so, in
1: early access. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So tell me, uh, when's the plan for the full release? How's that uh, roadmap looking?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna. Essentially, it's gonna be in early access as long as it needs to be. I, I prefer not to give a time timeline, uh, but essentially, you know, we have a lot of players in, uh, a lot of players in the game, giving us a lot of feedback. There's obviously a lot of bugs to fix. Like, making an MMO game is the hardest type of game to make. Adding exactly. a Web three economy and and adding, you know essentially doing a game that's never been done before, which this really is, because we're taking essentially a lot of MMO concepts, a lot of free-to-play concepts, uh, and a lot of, you know, hardcore single-player strategy game concepts, putting them in an online setting. So what we're looking at sometime in 2024 will likely be full launch. It might even be 2025. Uh, But for me, full launch means all the battle features are done, for uh, the single player modes the pvp modes that's all done a fully functioning token economy the dynasty system the breeding system all of that so for that i'd say we're about a year away if not a little more uh but that said there's a lot planned both for the web 3 and the web 2 players while we get to that stage so to me there's not going to be a huge difference between early access and finished product because the early access we're going to keep polishing and improving with every Mm -hmm. update. We're averaging, you know, an update every two weeks for now. That's a very good pace. And I think we're going to be keeping it for the next two or three years at least. So yeah, even if we're not in full launch for another year or two, uh, it's definitely going to keep improving and keep getting better and better
0: yeah that that's outstanding an update every two weeks in web three my goodness that's that's overachieving david that's very yeah. uh so but it probably makes sense to get involved as early as possible right you yeah. want to get early access you want to understand how to farm how to yeah. communicate with people there's probably tons of game theory so when you launch the game i mean a year is like nothing i feel like you know we're yeah you know no exactly so like would, and
1: And it was definitely a risky move. We definitely launched it a bit prematurely, and there's been a lot of bugs. And you know, our community sometimes they're patient, sometimes they're not. You know, but we're we're learning to manage the expectations and to deal with that. But overall, it's been a huge bonus because I can tell you, if we, if because now it's been two months, right, two and a half months, if we hadn't launched it then and waited we would be still months behind where we are now right like the the amount of fixes and polishes and things we didn't think of that the player spot right away is huge so just having it out there you know definitely coming from web 2 background that was scary but uh, i think it's been for the best and i think it's definitely going to benefit us you know two three years down the line when we have a game that's way way further than, than any others in the space
0: yeah, I mean, I, I love your style. You th- seem like you're really taking a very methodical approach behind the game. And you're thinking player first, community first. And I mean, that's like the ethos of Web3 and something that yeah. you, you've been in it for five, six years. You get it. But uh, it's uh, I think the best way people can learn and develop and make the best game possible is to deploy a beta version. Hey, no. manage everyone's expectations. There's going to be some bugs. There's going to be some issues and frustrations. You know, we're humans. I get frustrated at everything, but yeah. uh, that's the best way to improve the game. And as long as you, it seems like you're already a very open communicator with like two week updates. If you're communicating, hey, fixing this or this sec this yeah. region's closed for a little bit because we're going to fix this bug. People mm-hmm. might be initially frustrated, but in the long run, yeah. it's it's going to knock it out of the park um I love it I I urge everyone to take a look at the website um if you wouldn't mind telling our audience just kind of the whole like the 101 how to get started your website how they get an nft how to get early access that would be great
1: yeah so the easiest way is really get on the epic game store uh sign up for an account if you don't have one and download the game it's completely free you do need a pc a pretty good pc for now we're obviously working on optimizing all the time uh, to to allow for more PCs. But yeah, get on the Epic Game Store, type Blocklords and download. That's the best way. Uh, if you want to buy NFTs, you can use that same account that you're using in game for uh, nice. for on Epic Game Store. You can use that same account. Connect it on the web. Connect your wallet. We're on Polygon Uh You can get the so the basic heroes are the free ones. They're worth about two or three dollars. But I strongly suggest get some legacy heroes. And if you can afford it, I really strongly suggest get a unique and claim a region and land. Uh, Definitely, we're early access. Definitely, we appreciate users who have helped us with playing and bug fixing. And that gratitude is going to be shown uh, when we do launch the token. So I strongly suggest your audience to start playing and, and interacting with the community.
0: Yeah, see, that's a lot of alpha, everybody. You know, that's as that's as much alpha as you're gonna get anywhere from a CEO of a top game, Web3 game being developed, basically telling you to get your butt in there and poking around because it's gonna be there's gonna be some incentives. Uh David, awesome stuff. Everybody, we're gonna definitely put the links to the game, to the FAQs, to the whole. Pull shebang there in the video description so you could go right to their website go to the epic store get going uh i know personally i'm gonna fire up the pc i'm gonna claim a few heroes here i'd love to have a region but i'm gonna have to look into the specifics of it but lord brian has like a ring to it that i would really like to you know tax some farmers and (laughs) uh awesome stuff david thank you so much um everybody please check out the game we'd love to have you back on maybe in a few months or as you launch in a year or something along those lines of the full game we'd love to have you back on the podcast just keep a catch up because it really looks like you're onto something special here and uh, we appreciate having you on the podcast
1: thanks for having me brian looking forward to next time thanks david